I want to speak from the subject today of does God care? Does God care? You're going to think about that a lot differently before we leave today. Go with me to the book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter 5, 1 Peter 5. I don't believe in being long, so it is not my plan to outspeak the spirit. You know what I'm talking about. You just go on and on and on and on. Oh, I wish they'd come on. Isn't that right? So would you agree with me that when the Holy Spirit stops, I stop? Why y'all say that so loud? You said that extra loud. First Peter, fifth chapter, first Peter five, we're in agreement. Let me read verses um, one through 11 and we'll stop and talk a little bit and we'll go a little bit further. And it says, First Peter 5, verse number 1, it says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre. Such a funny term, isn't it? I mean, don't preach for money. Let money be your motive. When you go to the bank Monday, say, I want some lucre. That's, that's a funny word. Lucre. You filthy lucre. Anyway. <laughs> okay. But willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, verse three, neither as being God's, no, neither as being a Lord's over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Verse five will start our journey. Verse five says, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elders. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Why? For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. First of all, the Lord says here, we're gonna need each other. This verse talks about community. Those of you that have more experience, not only in years, but you've been that way, instruct those that are coming behind you. Everybody should not have to start from the bottom and, and claw their way up to the top. So young, younger people, youngsters, listen to what your elders are saying to you. Listen. And then it says, submit yourselves one to another. That means be accountable to one another. That means you're going to have to talk to one another. Ooh. You're going to have to talk. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. Can you help me? Can you give me? What is the Lord telling you? Help to settle this in my heart. He says, be subject one to another. Be accountable. We were not designed to do life alone. We need community. The Bible says in James, the fifth chapter, verse 16, it says, confess your faults one to another and what? Pray one for another 
that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we're going to have to talk it out. In the days that are ahead of us, listen, you know we're living in the last days, right? We know that Jesus is soon to come. We know that there is unrest in the world. And if we're not watchful, that unrest will creep right into our own houses. So we got to talk to each other. I'm getting weak. You got, we got to talk to each other. And we do strange things when we get weak. When, when saints get weak, we tend to fall back into sin. When we get scared, we tend to fall back into sin. Fall back into drinking, fall back into drugs, fall back into pornography, fall back into some, into some type of sexual sin or addiction or habit. We tend to fall back into things when we get weak. So to avoid that, we have to talk it out. We're going to have to pray it out. We're going to have to walk it out with each other. You're going to need each other. Look at your neighbor and tell them we're going to need each other. Verse 6 says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 7. Here's where we are now. Are you still with me? Verse 7 says, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. One more time. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Does God care? Now let's walk around this verse just a little bit. Thank you, I will. <laughs> cast all your care. Now the word cast there means it has really two Greek meanings. One means to throw. The other means to place. There are some care that you'll have that you can easily discard. Hear something about someone else, oh, you say, oh, I pray for you, I pray for you, and you sort of release it and you move about your business. But then there are other things that are really next to you. When something happens to somebody that you love, that's really on your heart. Those you don't throw, those you place. The Lord says, casting all your care. Now, many translations uh, use the word, use the S there, cares. But the King James says, casting all your care. Because all your care, all, and care is simply worry. It is anxiety. All of our worries or anxiety can be funneled down into one root word. Fear. At the root of worry is fear. It's fear. We are afraid. The Bible says casting all your care, all your worry, all your anxiety, casting your fear upon the Lord. Why? Because he careth for you. He careth for you. Now, the word careth, stay with me for a minute. The word careth means to, to look upon carefully. It means to watch or to watch over. 
like a shepherd watching over his sheep. He says, casting all your care, throw, place, all of that. In other words, don't keep it, get rid of it. The saints of God have no need to carry around worry because it's destructive. We don't need to carry around fear because it's destructive. God says, give it to me. Don't hold on to it. He says, cast it. Some you will throw and some you will place. You're not designed to keep it. Why are you going to do that? For he careth for you. He's watching you. He's watching over you. He's watching over you. He sees it. And because he's there watching, turn to your name and tell them, tell them God is watching. He says, cast your care upon him simply because, one reason, he's watching. Now we said that all care can be rooted into one word, fear. Fear. Why are we afraid? You say, Pastor, that's a crazy question. That's a crazy. Don't you hear what's happening in the, in the Ukraine? Don't you know about the gas prices that are going up? Don't you know about people losing their jobs by the thousands? What would you mean? What, why am I afraid? What, what do you mean? Why do I have a care? Why in the world do we have a care? Why are we afraid? Well, the Bible declares very clearly why we have fear in 1 John 4, 18. 1 John 4, 18 says this, there is no fear in love, but perfect love does what? Casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So the reason that we have fear is because we have not known or experienced the love of God. Because if the love of God was there, then it's impossible for fear to be there. Perfect love casts out fear. Notice it says perfect love casteth out fear. It casts out fear. The word cast there means to drive out. God is love. So if we go back to 1 Peter, the Bible says to us, cast all your care upon him. Who is him? Him is God. Who is God? God is love. Cast all of your fear upon love. And what will love do with it? Kick it out. Drive it out. Drives it out. Now it's one thing to say, you can say to somebody, oh baby, don't worry about it. Just cast your cares unto the Lord, baby. It's okay. Yeah. And we may do that in a nice prayer meeting somewhere. You tell someone conversation. But listen, look at your hands for a minute. Your hands were designed to carry. When you take your fears to love to God, when you cast your care upon him, and you drop it off to him. If you don't carry something back, one of two things are gonna happen. 
You're going to either pick it up again and carry it again. If you don't pick something up, you're going to pick it up again or you're going to get other concerns. Because the moment you drop it off to him, the moment you cast your care upon him, he's going to, if you let him, drive it out. I like what they used to, I like what they used to say in the old country, get on out of here. He'll cast it out. God will do that. From that point forth, we need to pick up his love and realize how much he loves us. We pick up his word and realize how much he adores us and how he's watching over us. So when the tempter comes again and says, look at that doctor report. Look at your bank statement. Look what's happening in the Ukraine. Look what's happening here. Listen to the news. If you don't pick up the love of God, then you go right back to worry again. But if you realize how much he loves you, and really to realize how much he loves you, you have to understand what he suffered for you. Think about it for a second, parents, for a minute. When, your, when you gave your children those wonderful presents under the tree, you know the ones that they don't play with anymore. You spend all that money getting those nice presents, right? And the children really enjoyed them. But wouldn't they have enjoyed them more if they understood the pain you had to go through to get them there? The agony of going to work when you didn't want to go to work. But you went anyway. It takes on another shape and form altogether. When you realize what Jesus did for you, how he suffered for you. Let's take just a moment to understand that. Jesus, all God, but yet still all man. Here's a great revelation that I understood that really blew my mind. It, you may have already had it, but here's one that blew my mind. Jesus, he actually burped sometimes. He actually went to the bathroom. It's a divine revelation. And it could be possible that Jesus also had gas. So, Pastor, that's being disrespectful. No, it's not. Because if you understand him and his humanity, You'll understand that when that whip hit him, he felt every bit of that pain because he was a man. You understand when they pulled out the beard out of his chin, how it hurt him. When they put the crown of thorns upon his head, how much agony he felt. When they hung him on the cross high, when they put the nails in him and how he hollered out. Will you understand that he felt pain as a man? When he was betrayed, he betrayed as a man. He felt what you and I feel. When he allowed them to whip him and beat him and scourge him and mock him, he felt all of that. 
If you don't identify with his humanity, you don't get his suffering. He was just God and, you know, he can do, yes, he's all God, but yet he had a body just like you and I. And he felt all of it. And the very worst thing that he endured was hanging on that cross for you and me. How the son had never known the, the absence of the father and he hung on the cross because your sin and my sin was upon him. And Father God, who is absolutely holy, at that point looked upon his son that had become the sin offering. Jesus took upon him the sin of us all. And he died upon that cross, going into the lower parts of the earth, into hell for you and die. And being raised on the third day, absolutely holy, with all power in his hands. Seated at the right hand of the Father. He perfectly dealt with our sins, perfectly dealt with them. For how could he at one moment be forsaken, as he said, from Father, and then the next moment, three days later, be sitting right beside Father? What's the difference? Something had to happen to those sins that were upon him. As our high priest, he presented his own blood before God. He said, Father, this is the blood. This is my blood, the blood of sacrifice, the blood of the atonement that I present to you, Father, on behalf of my children, on behalf of my believers. Because of this blood, now they're reckoned righteous in your sight. Because of, your, because of my blood, now they are redeemed. Because of my blood, now the devil has no power over them. Because of my blood. He did that for you. When you understand his level of sacrifice, the Bible says, he who spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Does God care? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You understand what Jesus is building, right? The Bible declares that he said upon the Lord Jesus said upon this rock I will build my my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it let's stop here just for a moment he said Jesus said I will build my church we know church is not a building it's not a box church is the people right those who've come in, in covenant and alignment with the Father through Jesus Christ, those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and the Spirit of God has come on the inside of them, they are born again. Jesus said, upon this rock, upon the revelation knowledge of who I am, I will build my church. But for a moment, don't think about the church as a whole group. Think of it as you. For you are the church. So where the Bible says church there, you can put your name there. Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build Jeff. 
Upon this rock, I'll build Stephanie. But upon this rock, I will build Todd. Upon this rock, I will build Mary. I, I will build Kenny. Upon this rock. And so Jesus began his construction project right there. Upon that rock, boom, boom. Jesus said, I'm going to build something. And this something that he's building is so powerful that he said, even the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. Gates meaning authority, gates meaning power. Whatever comes out of those gates, I don't care if it's from the deepest pit of hell, if it may be the biggest thing and the nastiest thing. Jesus said, whatever comes out those gates, don't worry about it, boom, boom, my church has got it. Whatever comes out. He said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Prevail meaning that it's coming for you. Hate to tell you that. You don't have a, a football game and say, hey, our team prevailed without there being a struggle. There's going to be some struggling, but rest assured that the devil's got nothing on you. Not a bit. If we allow Jesus to build us, we can say like the man said one time, don't, 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 can't touch this. Can't touch this devil. Jesus is constructing me. Say with that with me. Jesus is constructing me. And when he is finished with me, I shall be unstoppable. Somebody ought to run on that. <laughs> the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Let me close with this. I'm enjoying y'all today. He said, cast your care upon him. Because He's watching you, for he careth for you. He's watching you. There's another reason why you need to cast your care. And this is the reason, at least one of the reasons, why God is watching you. It's in the very next verse. The very next verse says, verse number eight, it says, be what? Sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, come on, help me, walketh about, what? Seeking whom he may devour. That word devour means destroy. He says, you got to get those cares off of you. I'm watching you. I, I'm watching you, the Lord said, I'm watching you. But you got to get them off of you. Why, Lord? Because that old devil is looking for somebody to destroy. And those cares that we carry, it's like blood in the water to sharks. It's like the smell of fresh prey to some sort of predator. It's like an unlocked door in the house when robbers are coming. It invites them. It says, hey, hey, I'm available for you to attack today. 
those cares, those worries. God says, drop them off to me. Give them to me. Either throw them or lay them upon me. However you want to do it. But get it away from you. Because if you don't, the enemy is, hmm, yeah, hmm. Oh, I see this one is worried. Hmm. Yeah, that's my way in. Let me talk to them some more about it. And then here we go, being drunk with worry. Oh, this is happening and that's happening. Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, what am I going to do? And when we get drunk, when we're no longer sober, who are you going to help? Who are you going to tell about Jesus? You become as powerful as you are. You begin to look just like the world. They're drunk too. Oh, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. But you have the answer. In fact, the answer is on the inside of you. Greater is he who's within you than he that is in the world. And if we go, oh, just like they do, how would they see a difference? So the Lord says, get those cares away from you. Get them away. How are we going to do that, Lord? I'm going to lay them on you and I'm going to pick up your love. I'm going to declare your love for me. I'm going to, I'm going to declare your word for me. I'm going to declare your word over my life. I'm going to declare that word. I'm going to be consistently declaring your word. I'm not going to pick that up. You've already dealt with it. You've kicked it out. You've dealt with it. Now, God cares. Can we agree on that? Can I show you one more thing? Can I show you how he cares? In the book of Mark, we see an instance of the Lord Jesus with the disciples, and this is a very familiar case. Mark, I believe the fourth chapter, when they had just done an incredible meeting, I believe they had fed multitudes and, and Jesus was tired. And the Bible says that they sent the multitude away, the disciples took Jesus even as he was into a ship. And so they, Jesus told them, let's go to the other side. And so the Bible says in the, in the book of Mark that as they went, uh, there were other boats with them other smaller ships that were went out that went out there with them too that's important for us to know and so while they were in the boat jesus slept he fell asleep also talking about his humanity he got tired he got tired i appreciate you jesus so much while he slept, a storm arose. A storm of wind arose. And the storm was so great that it picked up the water and it put it in the boat. And the disciples began to get terrified. And they said to Jesus, as they woke him up, Lord, carest not that we perish. Don't you care? 
Won't you care about me? We're about to drown, Jesus. Don't you care? Well, Jesus gets up. When? Hush up now. He rebukes the wind. Speaks to the sea. Calm down. Peace. Be still. Oh, my Jesus. And then he asked the disciples a question. Why are ye so fearful? Again, what do you mean, Jesus? We are about to drown? You see what's happening on CNN? COVID? What do you mean, why am I fearful? But notice something. This question was qualified. He said, why are you fearful because there were other boats with them those other boats didn't have Jesus in their boat Jesus said why I understand why they're fearful I'm not in their boat but I'm in your boat I'm in your house I'm in your marriage I'm in your life I'm right here with you why are you fearful when I'm right here with you I understand why they're afraid but why are you afraid I'm here if you go under, I'm going to go under, and I'm not going under. Why are you afraid? I understand why they are afraid. Why are you afraid? I'm right here. He says, oh, ye of little faith. If we only knew who he was. If we only knew who we were in him, if we only knew what we possessed, what he accomplished for us, what he's building in you. I've had this account happen to me a couple of times over the years, a few times actually, where somebody says, Pastor, could you come? So-and-so has a demon in their house. Would you come over? They said, I, I kid you not. So we've asked several of us to come. They won't come. Will you come? Yeah. Where is it? I'm looking for a fight. What? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Ooh, I'm ready. I ain't scared. Well, you know who you are and what you possess. 
when you can identify with the sufferings of Christ and know what he went through, Paul said that I may know him, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Identify with his suffering. I'm telling you, the power of God will be yours. Fear will be cast out the door. And you will arise and become all that God has for you to be. For there is more in you, church, than meets the eye. So I say to you, church, arise and wake up. <laughs> now is the time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us. And Lord, we do pray that you would speak to your people. We pray for healing. We pray for deliverance. We pray for wisdom. Father, I pray that you would open the veil, that you would reveal, reveal. Show them the hiding place of the enemy. Expose him. Expose every trick. Expose every lie. May your church stand with power and great authority in this hour. Lord, we pray that the glory of God will shine about us, in us, and through us to effect a change in the world around us. We need you. We need you. I pray, revive. For when your church is revived, people get saved. When your church is revived, oh Lord, this world knows the difference. We give you praise today.